Welcome back to Essential, our podcast dedicated to communication at work in the 21st century. I'm Stacey Epstein, CEO of Zinc, and we host guests from a variety of places across the industry. Today, I'm super excited to have my longtime friend and colleague, Patrice Eberline, who is Vice President of Global Customer Transformation at ServiceMax. Patrice and I have worked together at four different companies, so we've known each other quite a long time, and I am super excited to have you on the show, Patrice. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Stacy. I can't believe it's been that long. I've decided, by the way, that I'm going to go in reverse. I should hit my 40s coming up in a few years. Very nice. Just to start taking it back. Very nice. But yes, hello, everybody. My name is Patrice Everline. I'm Vice President of Global Customer Transformation at ServiceMax. And ServiceMax is an, a company that is um, it's really dedicated to the field worker, dedicated to field service. And my role in that organization is to uh, work with our prospects and our customers and help them along their journey of their transformation and help them to provide better service and better, better customer experience to all that they're doing, including the taking care of and the maintaining of their assets. So that's what I am up to. Very great. Well, I, I want to dive in and talk a little bit more about field service and, and that type of worker. But um, let's, let's back up and, and talk more about you and your career. So as I said, you and I have known each other for quite a long time. I think our first job that we worked at the same company was Extensity back in the, the boom, the dot-com boom and then bust of the late 90s. Um, and I, I've always admired you and your career trajectory, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on how we can get more women to succeed in tech as you have. I love that topic, actually. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I think, I guess I think awareness and encouragement early and often are, are really the keys at this stage. Um, it's, it's quite uh, exciting to see what's going on out there, but understanding what these technology roles are and what they can be and how very important they are, particularly in this day and age, how very important technology can be to the economy, the environment, the human element, among other things. So I've been happy to see mentorship programs in place to jumpstart and to continuously support women, not only as they enter technology fields, but as they move up in their careers. So I'm I, hopeful, I think that these efforts will continue to be essential to pull more women into technology roles. Now, I did want to bring in something, though, that I think might be near and dear to your heart as well, Stacey. I, um, that said, <laughs> I think we have to start even younger, right? Um, I happen to have a very young niece. She's six years old now. And I'm particularly happy to see technology emerging more and more in developmental activities and toys, and things that are finally being marketed to both boys and girls. Years ago, I'm, I'm really not sure my niece would have been exposed to any of the science and the tech options that she's now seeing. So we know from research that aptitude and interest are bell curves. They're not silos. And we have to give all of our kids exposure to all colors on the palette, not just those traditional ones. So I guess I'm kind of, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're starting to turn the tide and the gender split in the technology roles and that with some of these inclusions, we can really support more and more women to succeed in technology. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with everything you said, and, and specifically with starting young. Um, as you know, I have an eight-year-old daughter. A couple of weeks ago, my husband had a day off from work, and he decided to volunteer in her class, and he got assigned to math stations. 
And I was so curious after because he was talking about all the different kids in the class. And I said, did you notice any difference? So this is third grade. I said, did you notice any difference between how well the girls do and how well the boys do? And he paused and obviously he hadn't even considered the question, but he paused and thought about it. And he said, no, actually, I think the girls were smarter at math. I love it. I know. And, you know, that's obviously not a very scientific study. (laughs) But people that say, oh, you know, girls just don't have the aptitude for STEM or their minds don't work that way. I, I just disagree. I think the more opportunities we can give them at an early age, both to to be involved in STEM type um, learning and opportunities, but also encourage them that they can do whatever they want. So totally agree with you. And um, continuing the topic of successful women, you have now written two books, and I have to I have to tell you, I was walking down the little corridor of our office the other day, and I noticed that one of the women on my team has your book sitting like kind of up, like it's next on her list, and uh, I, it was awesome. I was like, that's so cool. That's Patrice's book. <laughs> so obviously, it's getting some great distribution. I'd love to hear you talk about the process. I probably lots of people think they want to write a book someday. So what was your inspiration? How did you get it started? What was the process? And and how did you do it while also having a big full-time job? Oh, those are great questions. Um, I'm going to be honest here. You're actually a big piece of that inspiration. You know, you mentioned we've worked together at another a number of companies. And I remember our conversations a few years ago. And we were in, in the field service arena and we were talking about the lack of understanding about field service and the impact it could have on organizations and companies. If memory serves, at one point said, you know, you said you should write a book. And I reflected on that a little bit later and I thought, doggone it, she's right. I should write a book. <laughs> I love it. But it was great. But, you know, honestly, the process, it's an interesting one and maybe it's a little bit surprising to me. Um, as you know, I have a passion for service and an even bigger passion for those that deliver it. And I'm sure most of us can relate to being really passionate about something, any subject, and just bubbling over about it, to talk about it, to share about it at the dinner table, etc. I just chose to do that online. Actually, I almost said to do it on paper, but I thought that would date me. So we'll go with online. <laughs> Wait, did you really write it on paper? I, I did a little bit on That's paper. Awesome. I'm a napkin girl. All the great ideas in my world have come across from Denny's napkins, et cetera. So you got to love that, right? That's great. But, you know, I set out a roadmap and I really, I guess I was looking at what I might want to understand about service impact. And then I simply started fleshing it out with experiences that I've had. I worked with others on my team and my organization to bring a variety of topics to the table. And from there, you know, I literally just, hey, Patrice, you have an hour, go and think about service. And that passion kind of bubbled up. Honestly, this last book in particular was just just a joy to develop. It just kind of wrote itself almost. That is awesome. Well, I, I'm, I, I am one of those people that always thinks someday I'll write a book. So I am inspired by you and your success. Absolutely I, lo- I loved you <laughs> seeing you signing books at the last Maximize conference. It's, uh, it's definitely an inspiration to a lot of people. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. So let's go back to talking about the, the workforces that I think both our companies, ServiceMax and Zinc, serve. 
um, that that neglected field service worker. Uh, here at Zinc, we call them deskless workers. I think you guys call them field-based or field service workers. What makes being a field-based worker different as it relates to technology? Yeah, you know, I think that the field worker, the deskless worker, um, is a key use case. It probably is the use case in, in field service for deskless. In many ways, these folks are out there and they're completely on their own, right? But they can't just wander down the hall to ask a question. They can't collaborate in a conference room and grab others on their team. And they can't easily, typically, access centralized systems from the outside. So they are so reliant on technology. And they're reliant on it in a very time-sensitive way. This isn't just a nice to have, this is a must have. And, and I think that, that oftentimes they look for any way and every way that they can kind of communicate and get that collaboration going. Uh, the issue for field service is that by virtue of their roles, they need secure real-time communication methods and they need ones that everybody in their organization also uses so they can get what they need when they need it and they can feel as though they're face-to-face -face when maybe they're not. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, and, and I think that the communication is such a, a big driver of employee engagement. And in your books, you talk a lot about employee engagement and, and the importance of it for success, success in business, and especially in the world of delivering high-quality service. So how does having connected and engaged workers impact actual performance? Well, this one is, is kind of not just you know, theory, this is very personal to me. And I think probably to every one of us, if we think about it, we can all relate to it, right? If you're connected, if you're engaged, it shows, right? There's an energy, there's a spark, there's a drive in what you do. And that absolutely comes across to your customers. It's actually infectious. And from a field service hat, it also supports the notion that service providers are our trusted advisors. So all of that is goodness, but what we have to realize is that the other side of the coin also plays a role and can come across. Without that engagement, without those interactions, customers are kind of see that. And, and those interactions are often lackluster, without connection. I think we've all had some of these experiences where the other person is just checked out and it's just by virtue of them kind of robotically going about doing their job and plodding along. Mm -hmm. It's not a good feeling for either side. And even if you put your business hat on, it certainly doesn't lead to the greatest customer satisfaction, much less, much less any trust in that company or that organization or any kind of role in gaining additional revenue, providing additional service, et cetera. So it, it's got kind of a two sides of the coin and uh, the other side can be very detrimental to your business. Yeah. I was just reading a Harvard Business Review study uh, about uh, engagement within remote workers. And they did a survey of like 1,200 workers where they compared remote versus in-office workers and engagement. And, and on every single question they asked, um, the remote workers scored quite a bit lower in engagement than people that work with their colleagues and in offices. Um, and I do think it, it's you're, you're siloed, you're away from the people and the information that that not only help you feel connected, but also just might help you do a better job. And, 
mm-hmm. we, we actually have a customer where they, they had a retention problem and they did a survey and they correlated it to engagement. And then when they did another survey to figure out why people weren't engaged, they said, hey, you never talked to us. Well, they had been using email as their communication tool. And we both know people in the field don't check their email. So, and at the end of the day, it was impacting their time to service and their fixed rates. So it's like people think, oh, engagement, it's, you know, it's a, it's an HR word and, and, um, and I'm, I'm more focused on business metrics. And, and I think there are plenty of studies out there that show that engagement is a key driver of, of, of productivity, efficiency, and, and ultimately success. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, there's a lot of talk, a lot of articles written lately on introverts, extroverts, autonomous roles, non-autonomous roles. But I think at our core, you know, we as humans, we need information to do our roles. Absolutely. That information needs to be as real time as possible. In most of our roles, it needs to be secure. Uh, But we also, we need that connection. Whether we're an introvert, whether we're an extrovert, we have to have that connection, that base kind of collaborative nature. And if we do that right, if we support that, um, these organizations can do nothing but grow and act more and more as a coordinated team. Yeah, I agree. I I picked up on a phrase you said, information needs to be as real time as possible. I Mm -hmm. think in our world, everybody expects information in real time. Everybody uses texts instead of emails, right? It's like, I, I want it, I want it now. We actually commissioned our own survey and we found that amongst deskless workers there were a high percentage of deskless workers who were communicated to by their companies less than once a month which imagine going an entire month and not hearing from your from your company and and all the valuable information and connectedness you would miss so um i'm glad that there are companies like service max and of course zinc that are trying to solve this problem. Yeah. So let's talk about your own leadership for a minute. Um, you've managed, I've seen you manage myself, uh, large teams at both ServiceMax and where we were before that at SuccessFactors. How did you drive employee engagement as a leader of global diverse teams? And, and what role does communication play in how you lead? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a great question. You know, leading large teams, it certainly has a number of challenges, not the least among them are, are working with, uh, with individuals across maybe diverse um, geos and diverse kind of cultural aspects. But I think chief among, among these things is communication. With each additional layer, with each initial team, that human connection can feel far more removed. So to drive employee engagement, at least in my experience, is among other things, a matter of fostering collaboration, fostering feedback, fostering communication amongst the teams, up and down the organization. And that's communication about everything from strategy to celebrating success to even addressing issues, which kind of unfortunately is the first thing that, that many business leaders think of as just addressing issues. But it's more than that. It's, it's creating engagement you were talking about. It's fostering a a collaborative driven kind of workforce that's happy about what they're doing and very connected in the workplace. And I think, you know, essentially the more you can create and support connection, the more engaged your employees will be and the more they will act as that true team. Yeah, communication, I, I really think is probably one of the top two to three things that, that certainly I've focused on, but I think that people need to focus on. Yeah. Leaders. And I think that, you know, some of the, the things that I've 
read about uh, what Zinc is doing, et cetera, leaders need to be able to communicate in a multitude of ways across a variety of avenues. And probably the most important thing, they need to be able to do this in a timely manner. You mentioned something just a, a moment ago in the absence of communication, when, you're, when your remote or deskless workforce doesn't check email for a while. Well, in the absence of communication, what do we do? We make it up. We're human. We make totally. things up. Yep. And <laughs> depending on that situation, that can be disastrous. So I, I think that communication is probably one of the top things. There are times when leaders need to quickly broadcast um, to everyone, right? There are times where you need to get as close as possible to an in-person dialogue and times where you and others need answers and you and others need them now. So yeah, it's definitely key. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I have had, had the pleasure of watching you lead and I know one, one thing you do is you breed loyalty amongst your team, um, which, which certainly engagement plays a big role so congratulations on your success as a leader yeah, thank you thank you very much so um we have just a minute or two left so we're going to go to the end the the last fun part of our podcast where we ask a few questions and we're looking for a fast one word answer and because you are a personal friend if you feel you must elaborate <laughs> i will allow this but i, I rarely it. do Okay, are you ready? Yep, go for it. When you need a really quick response, what do you do? Email, call, text, something else? Text. Okay. When dealing with a challenging customer issue, which I know you've dealt with, do you think it's best to A, immediately address it even if you don't have all the answers, or B, listen and come back later with a comprehensive plan? I'm going to give you an A and I'll do an elaboration because even if you don't have all the answers, you don't want the customer or anyone else to make it up. So A. Okay, good. Um, in today's service-led economy, do you think the world's most successful companies use product as a competitive differentiator or service as a competitive differentiator? Absolutely service. Yep. I agree. Well, and, and now that ServiceMax has been acquired by GE, that, I mean, to me, GE is one of the, the monolithic companies who has lived that since their inception. So it must be fun for you to work for, now that you're at a big company, it's fun to work for one that puts such a high priority on service. It is. We're very, very fortunate in that. Absolutely. Good. Well, I think that is the end of our time today, but I appreciate, I know how busy you are trotting around the globe, so I appreciate you making time for our podcast, yeah, my and pleasure. Uh, it was great to talk to you. I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thanks for being on our show. Absolutely. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm.